Hey, Happy New Year. Welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I am Tim Malloy, one of your hosts. I don't know why I'm doing radio voice. With me, as always, is Keith Benny and Aaron Lanson. And this week, we are talking about Don't Look Up, the new Netflix film from Adam McKay, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, making her long-awaited return to the screen. This is currently the number one movie on Netflix. It's a very divisive movie. A lot of critics really don't like it. A lot of people really do like it. I'm one of those people. Um, I'm very curious what you guys think. We've been talking about a lot of other Adam McKay stuff, including the big short, which Keith and I did not particularly like. Um, Keith, what did you think of this movie? I like it more than the big short. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I probably would. I don't know, man. It's, It's one of the movies. Well, I would say I don't really particularly like it personally but i think it's because i feel like it's one of those movies i feel like it's trying to say something right and i think when i think i know what it's trying to say i feel like i don't really it's it's saying something else and i think that the only i enjoy the movie more when i don't take the movie seriously if that makes sense mm-hmm. like but then i was thinking that the movie is trying to take itself seriously like as a as a serious satire, but for me it just kind of falls short in certain areas. Um, but but can, once can I, you say a little more on how you feel like it falls short? Because I'm I'm just curious. I think it's doing. I think it's certain moments where I feel like it's doing too much, like where I feel that like certain characters' reactions and how they or how they deal with certain situations seem extremely like too unrealistic. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think, I don't know how to explain it completely, but it's almost like there's like this huge, there's, there's always these tonal shifts, right? There's these moments where I'm like, Oh, this is, this is actually kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of enjoyable. And then there's moments where I'm like, how how serious am I really supposed to take this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it just throws me off. Like some in particular, like just even the idea that I know that humans are pretty, you know, ignorant <laughs> for the most part. But just I just cannot, I guess, fathom the idea that people would not take this idea of a comet that size coming to Earth as being a serious thing, especially after the fact that they got evidence and pictures of the actual comet. Okay, so let's let's come back to that, because I think that's going to lead to a much larger discussion. So I, I definitely think that is uh, we, we should talk about that. And, and I think that for most audience members is where this movie is going to fail uh, for them as an enjoyable experience or, or one that's, you know, worth watching or one that's kind of like wasting their time, you know. Right. And also, I felt that it was too long. It is probably too long. It's it's, two and a half hours, basically. It's it's too long for what the story is about. You know, that's that's my that's my take on it. So, yeah, I admit that when I saw the running time, I kind of had the sense of dread that this was going to be a really beat you over the head movie. And some people find it to be that. But I actually enjoyed it all. Uh, there was one point when I looked up and saw that there was an hour to go and I was like, how could there possibly be another hour in this movie? Um, but then I kept watching it and I really 
like the last hour probably the most. So really, um, yeah, it's funny because I think I like the first hour a lot more because so, I was the same way. And then I, I think once I watched the beginning parts of the film, it, and it, once they got to the White House and you meet Meryl Street character and Jonah Hill and stuff, it it started to you know be pretty enjoyable from that point because I was mm-hmm, like, what's mm-hmm. where, where's this gonna go? Um, and for me, I think it falls apart more towards the end, in my opinion. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So we've done a really good job avoiding spoilers up to this point, which I I really um, you know, commit. Well, I want to commend you guys for for that up to this point. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, break that as I'm talking, probably. And I just want to give a warning to people: if if you plan to watch it, definitely check it out. Uh, we we finna hit the spoiler button. A whole bunch, uh, probably from this point on. Um, overall, I will say though, like I thought this was a pretty good movie. Um, I do think it's too long. Um, that would be like my one big like qualm with it. Although I think a lot of the things it's trying to do, it's successful at. Where it's not as strong as with this individual narratives uh, for the characters. Uh, like uh, you know we get a little bit of Jennifer Lawrence's character, like some of her backstory. It's super short, but the only thing we get from her family is we don't want religion, uh, not religion, we don't want politics up in here. We're for the jobs the comic will bring. <laughs> that is, I was like, that, oh my God, really? Shit. Um, oh. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, this is the thing that I forgot, the real big thing that really pissed me off about this movie and the narrative okay. is that that shit about the comet having all these resources that you can use, it just felt so stupid to me. Like, Why even, did it feel stupid to you? It felt stupid to me because the plan didn't make sense, right? Like, I felt like this. If they had to, if this guy had the technology to create a space station that can send all these people out into another part of the galaxy, mm-hmm. you mean to tell me he didn't have drones that could go all the way up there to the comet to at least test to see if that plan would work before letting the comet come right into Earth's atmosphere and then try to do it? Well, okay. So the only thing about that, if, if we would really get into the boring particular details or something like this you first have to build the prototype of this thing and then you have to have time to shoot it all the way where it needs to go and even if you saw something you needed to improve it's too late to do that improvement basically right but that's what i'm saying but why would they do do it when the comet is right there because so look this is where the movie for me is actually very successful even though it seems like you think it's the op- the opposite. And I, I think like this is because for me, it, like I saw a parallel he was making immediately. And then actually it's not just true because, you know, Adam McKay originally wrote this uh, to be like a, a analog for climate change. He's in the middle of writing it. And then the pandemic stuff comes up. Now, the thing is, he was still done, say that again. I think he was actually done writing it. Well, when I was listening, I'm talking to the podcast of Barry Jenkins that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was saying like he had written a good chunk of it, but like he wasn't. He said he just put it to the side. He put it away when the pandemic happened. And he said he just came back to it later and, and did some more stuff with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was complete at that point, um, but maybe I could be wrong. But 
they hadn't started shooting and all that stuff yet. But the thing is, you know, it sounds dumb. Like, why the hell would they go? Like, it's coming right at us. Like, why would they not knock it off course? Well, the thing is, like, we're actually literally doing that right now. You know, climate change as it functions is not a, obviously, like a literal comet, but the inevitability of what using greenhouse gases is doing is showing with all these December tornadoes, all these, like there's a wildfire today in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado, it's hot as hell there, and it's just wind blowing everywhere, and it's just causing massive fires. We're seeing like things that don't make sense. It's hot as hell, and it's the end of the year. That doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things that are like in our face. We saw, you know, places all across Europe just burn to the ground. California had a lot of stuff like that too. There's like cataclysmic droughts everywhere. And we're just like, eh, keep burning. Keep, you know, like the thing is we, we had a lot of hesitation still to this day, even legislation in this country about doing things to use more renewables and less coal and less this and less that, that is literally going to lead to a human extinction event. Like that is about to happen and we can do things to, you know, maybe not just slow it down, but to temper it quite a bit if we get some of that stuff under control. So the actual metaphor here is not a literal comic coming in six months. It's coming in like a century, but it's on the way and we could do things to like kind of help it not be as bad as it's going to be. So that's really what he's doing there saying we're continuing to do things simply for the sake of like these mega corporations, which the thing is, some people see that to be like really like a vapid point. Like, of course, that's kind of like a thing happening. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, actually, it's kind of right, though. Like that that thing where, oh, we're not going to shoot it down. Let's just keep using all these materials and because it's so valuable and you know we're gonna do it in like all these corporations who do like this stuff about it's about humanity and like helping the the people and that but like they're you using african minds to get lithium with child slavery and stuff like we don't like which we've talked actually about podcast a lot say that say that again which we've talked about a lot on this podcast like cobalt yeah yeah i mean like that's a real thing like you know so in general, it is it is really absolutely absurd to watch characters in a movie do this because you're like, what the hell is going on? And at the same time, like that is what the hell is going on in some ways in real life. There are people who are here today who are not going to suffer the consequences a century from now. So they don't give a shit. I feel that, but I don't I don't think it makes sense in the movie. It's it like, just sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that because technically he could have still got what he needed months ago before the comet got there. And then also still. I don't think they had the thing made first. Now, they're not sitting there going through all these details, but I'm saying like if you even knew you had to make changes to something like that, uh, it, it's not like you can't do it super fast, fly it up. And then make sure it launches properly. There's like a lot of weird stuff that goes into it. Like there's a, a telescope that just went into space that they had came up with the model for in 1989. And it went up on Christmas this year. I feel that, but that's not in the story, though. 
I think like, it covers it. You know the scene where um, DiCaprio's guy, uh, whose name I forget, Mindy. It does come up, yeah. He fronts Peter Isherwood about whether his whole plan has been peer reviewed, and Isherwood takes great offense because this is human evolution. And I think what they established there is that Isherwood is just too cocky, honestly, and too condescending. He's too sure of himself. Yeah, to um, to even consider the possibility that it won't work. And I think also he doesn't really care if it doesn't work because he has his blast off ship at the end of the day mm-hmm. to escape. I, I feel that, but that still <laughs> that yeah. i don't know i, I can't mean, think of no person huh? yeah if, if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you that's yeah, but but you know these these guys who are like mega rich and that like okay like there are several examples like today of people who out loud are like you know in these different communities who see themselves as like you know um like human futurists yeah and they're gonna like put their brains into like uh like an ai or like download themselves into some motherboard or like put themselves (laughs) into like another body or do all this other stuff so they can continue you know evolving the the species and like get to you know not just like help us get to mars today but be present when we do it centuries from now like there are people who really do think about themselves in their own self-preservation but they're not thinking about that as like human evolution for all people they're i mean like people say this stuff out loud all the time they're not like in a like i'm ready to like do a blood sacrifice to everybody but like they see themselves like in a different space than we do like that's not like a made-up thing there are people who talk out loud like that which is weird but it does happen i find peter isherwood to be one of the funniest characters certainly in this movie and he reminded me a lot of the, the Peter Sellers character in Dr. Strangelove. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so he's so big and so weird and he's kind of like half Carl Sagan and half Steve Jobs. And I thought mm-hmm. I thought that actor, Mark Rylance, did an amazing job playing him. And just his little quirks were really funny to me. There were so many things, like there was one point where like he smells somebody that he oh, yeah. didn't have to do that, but he did. And there were just so many, there's so many little things like that in the movie that I thought were charming and funny. And I was afraid of it being a sledgehammer kind of lecturing me about global warming, which is something I'm already worried about. And it actually, I know a lot of people say that this movie is preaching to the choir, but I think there's some benefit in preaching to the choir because personally, I'm like one of those passively concerned about global warming and our recycle type of people. But this made me really prioritize it a lot more. It made me think about it a lot more and to recognize the absurdity of, you know, worrying about worrying about jobs in the space against to create it as an either or between jobs and global warming as if you can't have any jobs and also fight global warming i mean it's like you might have to lose some coal jobs in certain places um over the next generation or two but that is doable and i think when we like dig in and make it this like either or of do you care about jobs or do you care about saving us from the comet it it just becomes this unsolvable situation. And I think the movie did a good job of showing how things become so polarized. And so either look up or don't look up uh, that we crush any ability to solve problems. What if we would just sort of, you know, accept that everybody's going to have to compromise and work together. We could actually solve some of these basic, basic things like global warming. Right, right. 
I did find it really f- so a lot of the criticisms about this movie too even beyond like the beating people over the head with stuff is like talking about the way it speaks about celebrity culture and technology and like some people, I heard somebody give a criticism like he's trying to say we can't have distractions man like they're all so bad it's like no like that's not that wasn't simply a distraction like having so you remember like right before uh kind of like the Regis and Kelly kind of show um they had that situation where Ariana Grande's character and Kid Cudi like they broke up but then they didn't break up and like the whole thing with it wasn't just that there being a celebrity distraction it was like all of that was already pre-packaged like he's reading off a prompter an yeah. apology <laughs> she's sitting mm-hmm. up here being like but I still love him and I'll take him back. Oh, we happen to have him right here. And then as soon mm-hmm. as he takes her back, the kids are getting notifications on their phone to like buy like songs and merchandise and da, da, da. like, it, I mean, it's beating you over here, but it is like that, that kind of like the way that self functions is just like that. It's so like, no, I, I agree. And I think I it's know. really funny to think of like people who are right, like scientists having to, it's it's really more to me about communication than it is about than it is about you know the threat of global warming. It's about how if you know something to be true, how do you tell the truth in the current messed up, over caffeinated climate? Like how do you right. break through the Ariana Grande stuff when you just have a simple fact that people need to know? And the right. thing is, they can't figure. And this is true of COVID today. Like institutions are having a really hard time communicating very very basic stuff i don't think they should have that much trouble but that's just kind of where we are you know there's that thing that happened where the cdc gives out this guidance that's like well five days you know is all you need to um, be away from people rather than 10 and then all these people will start saying well the cdc doesn't care about you it's just all about getting people back to work and da 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 and it's like if you actually go and read the fed.gov well which i don't know if it was whatever it is like i don't know the cdc.gov but i did a quick my google search was like cdc uh five days uh rule or something like in the first link is like okay here's the the dot gov site and all it says basically is if you have have two vaccines and a booster and you're exposed five days yeah but and the, the, what they basically said was the first five, what they have learned through all the data is the first five days and when you are most likely like if you are positive you're most likely to pass it on that's it that's all it really gets into like there's some more stuff like where like you don't have to do this you don't have to do that but in general the reason the five-day guidance is there is you are most transmissible in the first five days that's it that's that's the complication and the government didn't say that or, or did not find a way to say that clearly. And so everybody goes, oh, five days for everybody. Like, remember when it was if you have two doses of the vaccine, you can take your mask off. What everybody heard was you can take your mask off. We all can take our mask off. Aaron, you are you are the guy in my life where you you say things and I, I go like, that sounds crazy. How could that? That's wild. And then I look at it. And it's like, nope, he was exactly right. Like he was precisely right. But I have a general policy of I don't take any COVID advice from any entertainment related outlet. Um, and and not from most news outlets either. So yeah. I'm going to just urge people, do your own research. Go to the CDC website. Yeah, yeah go to the .gov site. <laughs> don't do all the other stuff. <laughs> like, 
but the thing is the government should find better ways to communicate what they yeah. want because what this movie is getting at although they don't say it's very specifically is you cannot rely on like information that requires action and put it in the hands of media conglomerates who, whose only real incentive is to make sure that they're keeping their fiduciary duty to their stakeholders by making as much money as possible. And that has nothing to do with talking about the urgency of taking on an issue like climate change or media coming and none of that because they are going to want to parse it in a nice package so you walk away feeling happy. Or you could do the opposite where you want to piss people off. But then it gets into a whole nother thing with how politics are currently running. And that's how Meryl Streep's character and John Hill's character kind of function. They use them for the anger rather than the media too. They use the media as like the placator of things and making it all like placid and nice and, you know, nothing to be frustrated with. And then they use the political figures for the deception the, the complete downplaying even further and then making any resistance to ignoring it like those people are the enemy kind of thing it was really unfortunately a reflection of what we just kind of have been going through right now you know uh, the thing i thought was cool about the movie the one person who's really sympathetic is the evangelical guy played by timothy chalamet mm-hmm and I thought that was cool because evangelicals are kind of the people on the right who might be the ones to ally with environmentalists to do something. I mean, if mm-hmm. you believe, you know, in God's creation and you believe that God's creation is worth protecting, you might very well vote against the Republican Party on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the only power we have with global warming. I mean, I was listening to a podcast a while ago where they said, look, you can recycle, you can drive a smaller car, you can do all this stuff. But like the fact is you as an individual don't really have that much power over this. The main power that you have is who you vote for. And Mm -hmm. you have to vote for politicians who are going to vote for massive change. And if you don't do that, we're not going to get out of this. And so I thought it was kind of a cool appeal. I mean, people have said that again mckay is preaching to the choir and isn't trying to convert anybody but i thought he did have like a really nice olive branch to evangelicals and believers to make that shot make also too, yeah so sympathetic and like such a cool guy frankly um he's definitely like the nicest person in the movie and the person who the only one who is able to kind of persuade anybody when he like gets that family of basically atheists to pray with him yeah and it- there's like liberal people listening who are like, oh my God, that's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> not, not, but, not all liberal people. There's some but, people. But also it was like the end of the world. So it's like. <laughs> yeah, but you not? know, I think, you know, one thing that he could have done that would have been really easy to do um, as everybody realizes that the mission is not going to work. The second one Um could have done it really easy. Oh, everything's just going to ride and everybody's going to do this and everybody's going to do that. I mean, some people were wilding a little bit. There was some, you know, I don't know if it was New York City or whatever. They showed like a mini sex orgy or something people were having. But some people just chose to just get on the beach and just, you know, chill wherever. Some people literally where it was going to hit, just just watched it come and hit. Um, you know, they, they spent time like and, you know, 
we haven't had a chance to get into this, and you know, it's kind of like not the most important part of the movie by far. And and I think the, the whole thing with Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his character arc is interesting. Maybe we'll have a chance to, to get into that for a moment. But when he is going back to his wife that he's cheated on her, I kind of honestly didn't put two and two together immediately that like, oh, like they probably want to see each other anyway, but also there's like an hour left for the world to exist. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know what? It, it was interesting because the entire earth became purgatory. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's kind of, you know, there's some hope this might still work. Um, the once it's clear, it's not going to work. Everybody's like, I need to go, you know, to, to my best place right now, you know? Um, well, I, I love that when he started talking about like the four, I forgot what the group was called. It was like the Mills brothers or something. He starts like really talking about the song and he starts really talking about like how he makes his coffee and just appreciating all the little things in life. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. But also, you know, old boy told him that he was going to die alone. So that was another thing I thought was actually really cool because it actually shows, look, I mean, if I could get most stuff right about people, because I knew all the information about them. And that's one thing about these companies, they know everything about you. But for that person to sit there and study people was interesting. But the technology is so cold that it probably would have been right, except it didn't predict that his wife would reconcile at the end because it thinks it's going to do it correctly, right? All that kind of stuff. Like it has such faith that everything's gonna be cool. I'll probably leave it later. But then it did get right that the president was gonna get eaten by a species they'd never even seen before. Because <laughs> I guess it already knew where they were going. You know, it's all oh, we were calling this that we calling this that is dinosaurs there basically whatever. And you know, that was that was kind of cracking me up. I don't. It's it, pretty funny. It is yeah. a funny movie at certain certain times. And even the last scene where. <laughs> The end credits were running and they got like all these like earth trinkets <laughs> just like floating in space that somebody billions of years come across and go, what the hell is this? I don't know. It, it was it was the, the movie has a the humor is very strange. There are pieces of it. Uh like the gallows humor just so deep. I just I had to step away a couple of times, like, man, ooh, this is this is a lot. Cause <laughs> I, I just I just feel like unfortunately, even though there's so many stupid things that people do in this movie, that's literally how things have been going right. though. Let me let me ask y'all this though. Does this movie really work if you don't know much about global warming? I don't Maybe think it has to that... be about global. I, I, I honestly I wasn't sure if he was talking about global warming or or COVID or, COVID or like I mean, it could have been a number of different things, honestly, because really, unfortunately, this is like, you could take the parallel on this with racism, you could do it with with COVID, you could do it with climate change, you could do it with a number of issues where it's like, you could put the evidence of something in somebody's face and they will, with like, with complete sincerity tell you what you looking at is not what's happening. Like, actually, I'm listening to this podcast, Slow Burn. They do all these different things all the time, all these different topics. Right now, they're doing the L.A. riots. And, of course, the jury found, saw with their own eyes that they believe the police were fine to do what they did. Now, they did put it in a certain county where there are all these cops and 
it wasn't going to be a favorable jury to, um, you know, help Rodney King's case that he was unjustly um, beaten and all that. But they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. it. I mean, it it's just interesting because in general, it's like, what is the thing that gets people to see things different? Is it logic? facts is it how we frame stuff is it all ethos like what is it that you need to do to get people to to act on a thing or feel its magnitude and the gravity of the situation like wow. that's something that i think this movie is reaching for and it doesn't quite get an answer because i don't think anybody knows really well and some people are just like very passionate about certain things like that that girl what's her name gertha thunberg oh yeah greta thunberg yeah yeah, yeah, she she's really um turned up and very passionate about climate. <laughs> and, and 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 I could listen to her talk about it and I'm like, damn, I don't think I've been that passionate about anything in my life, you know. But it's enough to at least tune in and just in from the fact for her being so young, it's entertaining. Let me not use the word entertain. It's it catches people's attention enough to where they most some you, people you're speaking to charisma to. right now though. Yeah. So but I'm thinking that's that's one thing that gets people's attention is that charisma that we're talking about. But also to what Tim was saying earlier, it's it, everything is just so oversaturated. So with the same thing, like like we say, like the with, with famous people, they make that as important as something like climate change, yeah, or police brutality, like and and. And just like we said this before, like you be on social media, it could be like a super bullshit post about some shit that um, I don't know, like Rihanna and ASAP Rocky did. And then you go down this police brutality, you go down here, it's some other type of stuff. Then you go mm-hmm. down, it's an alien sighting. It's just too much stuff going on, yeah. right? And then even with what we talk about with COVID, for example, um. There's a lot of information out there. There's the information that you get, of course, from the CDC, mm-hmm. which it seems like the majority of people don't even look at that information, but they go mm-hmm. by what somebody, what a celebrity might say about it, like Joe Rogan or it just anybody else that might say something about somebody COVID who they trust. And they take it. Somebody, yeah, somebody that they trust or that they, you know, they feel them because they're a charismatic figure. Mm-hmm. And they take what they say to be gospel. So I think that's where a lot of the disconnect is. Yeah, I, I just find this, even if you asked if, if it still works if you take out global warming, and I think it does because so much of it is about just how do you communicate anything in this world and Mm-hmm. I thought about this book we had to read in college called Civilities and Civil Rights. And the basic idea of it is in the civil rights movement, a lot of people, a lot of white Southerners would oppose the civil rights movement by saying like, oh, this is disrespectful or this is rude or why do people have to be so, you know, um, unpleasant around this? Mm-hmm. And they just wanted like an excuse to not do the right thing. Basically, they just wanted to sort of kick the can down the road and stall everybody. And they use like politeness as the way around that. And it feels like that sort of happens with a lot of issues, including. including Anything that's serious that that happens nowadays. I do think that totally happens nowadays. I think that completely happens nowadays, where it's like 
you like taking a knee or something is like unpatriotic. And, <laughs> and, like, it feels so dumb. Something like that, or you know, why do you have to like ruin Thanksgiving? Why do you have to ruin this Thanksgiving gathering by you know, wanting people to be vaccinated or? certainly global warming like why are you ruining the fun of like being a, an american by asking about i mean you know are vegans technically right yeah probably but like no <laughs> like sitting next to a vegan on a plane who's like telling you how you know sausages are made they might be right but kind of nobody wants to hear it you sort of right. have to find the way to convey it that will convert people as opposed to the way that just asserts that you're right and i think the probably the main problem that people on the left have is they're so passionate that they're right and they probably are right that they don't and i have this problem too they don't think of like how am i being heard like am i mm -hmm. do i sound like a condescending dick right. or do i sound like i'm open-minded and willing to you know meet people where they are and also change myself like except that i might have some hypocritical things going on and that we're all not perfect Right, See, right. all that's true. You know, the only problem with it is, at least like in the context of this movie, is there's no time to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and really with climate change, the problem is right now, like that actually isn't really like we're kind of past the threshold of danger already. At this point, we're just trying to make it not worst case scenario kind of stuff. We're like, we're going to have more severe weather. We're going to have droughts. We're going to have less land. And if you have like all these things combined, it means you have less food. Yeah. You know, because you you can't grow. First off, because you can't even grow the amount you need for the population. But then you also just lost the land. You can do that stuff on. And there are 100 percent people right now who are trying to figure out how to make money on that. So, yes. How do we make money? people getting jobs from the comet? That is absolutely a real thing that's happening right now. It's just does that metaphor is that metaphor too on the on the nail on the head for you? Yeah, it's something. Well, I think for something, it's it's like it's it's because there's no literal comic coming. Like parallels might feel a little, uh, like off base or not valid, and you know, which which I can understand. But that this is actually a problem in like right now. Like the comet is kind of already like a light comet hit basically, and the consequences are coming but how bad it'll be is based on what we do today and i think like that's where it's interesting to see like in a movie i normally would be like i don't want to see you know first off i wouldn't want to normally have like jennifer lawrence going there and like scream because that you know that that's not right. just like a uh telling instead of showing thing but like it just can feel and look a little absurd and then you have leonardo dicaprio do it again yeah but it's almost like he, I mean, unlike the big short, which very clear fourth wall is being broken. When Leo's talking that time, it feels like he, that's supposed to be a fourth wall moment. Like he's screaming at you about climate change. I mean, I don't know. I always just feel like stuff like that is just so extreme, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, when we talk about the comment in this film or something like 9-11 and stuff, and I think how human beings are, like as long as things are still moving, they're not gonna take action on certain stuff, even if it's a problem, but it's a slow burning problem. Well, that's know? why when like, they brought example, it up to them and they go 99.78, let's call it 70 and keep it moving like that. For example, I always, 
I don't know why I always think about this quote. I was listening to this guy one time was talking about how if you ate a hamburger today, it's not going to have an effect on you. You ate a hamburger every day, you're going to eventually turn into a hamburger. <laughs> and so I always think of it like that. Like you, you put certain stuff, like your body, for example, people don't ever think about the things that we put into our body, whether it's, you know, bad food, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking. And you will still do it consistently and some people will do it all the time every day but they're not thinking about at the moment in time all the time like what this is doing to my body you might even think that it has a certain negative effect here and there but as long as it's not affecting you here and now you don't think too much about it but the moment the doctor tell you hey man your cholesterol is is sky high or like man if you keep going down this route you might die in three months you know then, mm-hmm. then that's when it hits to you and like, oh my God, I gotta make a change. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you get counsel or something. You like, shit, I need to change. I need to change things now. You know what's and a I crazy good example of are. that? So this is, this is gonna sound like it's out of nowhere, and it kind of is. I don't know how I bumped into this like today, but I realized that Little Wayne was on lean. And it kind of turned him into a superhero. Like he didn't die. Everybody thought he was going too off and on. Like he had little episodes, right. but like he just turned into like like a whole new artist. Meanwhile, right. when Joel Santana was kicking with him doing the same thing, it destroyed his career. Right. <laughs> and it was never the same. It is, I don't know, it is funny. Like people will, will look at stuff and and they're like, well, if it's not a hundred percent, it'll turn out a certain way, then I'll just do it, you know, like whatever. And if if something happened to me, it happened to me. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, man. Like we, it just, we, there are so many people who are American citizens and were alive and you know kind of had thoughts and opinions on things and weren't like babies or nothing. Um, at the time, like say for example, that cut off with also my nine eleven. We're all Americans there, and it's just like we we just splintered so much because of technology and because of like all these other things where it's. You know, we're being we're siloing ourselves and, you know, I just think this movie really wants people to at least come away and just think about some of the ways in which we could act on something or have more urgency towards an issue that's important. But like we're just not quite doing anything with it. It's definitely not subtle um, in any kind of way. And I think for some people, that's not going to going to work very well. I hate we haven't had time we had to close soon to really get into like Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill and how they performed. I thought they were pretty excellent. A lot of the other actors were pretty, pretty good. Also um, mm-hmm. there's so many bits that they returned to like, even if, and I, I, I wonder what you guys think if y'all had a, a kind of conclusion in your heads, that army general who charged them for the snacks. I keep, they were free? Funny. I keep laughing about that. That's yeah. so funny. I yeah, couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> and it's that's, just even as she's about to die, she's just movie. like, I can't figure that shit out. Like, yeah. why do powerful people do shit like this? It's just real, like it's so unnecessary. <laughs> like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> Lawrence keeps coming back to it. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny. There's so many great that's things. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, I mean, I even even though it's it's I I think it's really odd. I do enjoy the arc of leo's character and where it's like he 
means to do one. It's like, well, if I'm not here, everything could fall apart. But like, he knows they don't give a damn what he thinks, but he does love being what they call an an L, well, A-I-L-F. I I don't even know how you say that. But the astronomer that everybody want to get in the sheets with. And, you know, he's he's like, no, in his mind, everything's over already. So he just you know, is almost like living in a purgatory, purgatory being with some woman who's not his wife, who's like a fascinating um, person with all these degrees. And it's like she it's like she drowns herself in alcohol and this and that. But she's like this brilliant person. Uh, and then he's just like, yeah, I mean, my dog shit in the yard the other day, whatever he said. She's like, great, cool. Glad we got to know each other. All right. That's good. That was nice. Um, there's a lot of really nice stuff in this movie. It, it it fits together a little weird. It's longer than it ought to be, but I do think for what it it, it meant to do, it was a, it was a pretty decent movie. Um, and yeah, I'm probably gonna stop drinking or buying water bottles now. I just I don't know. I need to change something I'm doing. I need to rethink <laughs> some of my actions. I feel like this movie and downsizing are movies that people didn't really like when they first came out. And I feel like in, I really, really like downsizing in retrospect. And I feel like I'm going to look back upon in this movie too. Um, I already really like this. Even seeing it the second time, I was like remembering it fondly. Mm. I don't know. This thing, I, I should say that I really, really like, um, I don't know. I, I really like Adam McKay. I really like all of his movies, except for the big short, um, which I like <laughs> the others. Um, I love Vice. So, I still need to watch Vice. Vice is amazing. You know what I'm excited for? Man, look. And uh, Keith, look, you ain't got to be here for this one if you want, because I know you don't love sports stuff. Uh, you're probably like this, though. There's a... a, um, a oh, the Lakers? Miniseries show? he's doing. Yeah, miniseries he's doing about the Lakers. And Mike uh, Magic Johnson is not excited for this to come out, which means it's going to be really good, because it's probably going to be about his home days. So... Yeah. That's going to be pretty dope. I can't wait for that. All right, let's shut down. Um, we are out of time. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ern. No, uh, no, no, we're good. We're good. Keith, where can they find us on socials? Oh, uh, yeah, we're on Instagram at the low key pod. And that's it right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll branch out later, but we appreciate y'all for making it this far. Uh, thanks for joining us on your New Year adventure, and we will catch up with y'all soon. Don't look up. All right. Don't look up. <laughs>